What does a successful Apple Vision Pro launch look like? This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is supported by Take Control Books, one of the very best sources of clear, concise information on not only Apple's various operating systems, but also key Apple and third-party utilities and more. Visit TakeControlBooks.com and start your library today. So the other, one of the other things, I mean, God, there's so much stuff here, especially since we were off for a week. Um, but there were some discussions had in the off hours at CES about the Vision Pro. There's a big surprise for you. <laughs> I would like to know what this group thinks that a, a successful launch of the Vision Pro looks like. And I mean, as far as sales goes? That's the question, guy. Is it sales? Is it is it response? Is it uh, app availability? Um, what what does because the the press part of the press seems to be building it up for you know for a big fall, and others are you know low keying it a little bit. And I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on what a good launch looks like. Mind share. Ooh, that's interesting, Ben. Want to elaborate? I mean, they've already started that. Yeah. I mean, at 3500 bucks, the initial uh, Vision Pro is going to be a very niche item. Um, you're not going to see a lot of apps out at front because, well, I mean, it's basically building the ecosystem. Um, this isn't really a an item that you're going to see mainstream for a couple more years till we get to the actual vision, which people are going to be able to affordably buy. Uh, but this is Apple saying we have to start somewhere. Uh, and we basically have to ha get, keep that anticipation up. So when it is affordable, people will go out and buy them in droves. Okay. I think success will be if they're still selling them or some version of it two, three years after launch. Wow. Well, it'd certainly be failure if they weren't, but I, I can't. That's hard to imagine. Well, Fa failure this at is, that this level. Is, this, this seems to be like Tim Cook's vision of what he wanted to do, where he wanted to take the company. Uh, instead of just being a follower of, of what the company was already doing under Steve Jobs. So if for whatever reason it's considered uh, a failure because of lack of sales or lack of applications or, or lack of this or lack of that, uh, there's always that possibility that Apple will just say, you know, this isn't really working out the way we thought it was going to and we're just going to pull the plug. So if they're still selling them three years from now, uh, hopefully at a very, very reduced price than what they're currently selling, um, then I think it'll be a success. But if, I don't think success is going to be achieved in the first year of this device being on the market. Uh, naysayers and, and tech analysts aside, because there's nothing they seem to like better than to try to take Apple down a peg or two. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see if this is still being sold three years from now or if what Meta is selling, which is granted not even close uh, 
to what the Vision Pro is supposed to be, but it's also, you know, one-tenth of the price. So for the people that are looking for something like the Vision Pro or, or what Meta is selling, will the price be the, the deciding factor in, in whether they buy something from, <clears throat> from Meta or if whether they get something from Apple? I, I think, oh, I'm sorry. I no. I was just stepping on someone, wasn't I? No, no, that's no. okay. I was I was going to Eric. Eric had posted something in our private chat. I was going to get him to throw that in. And then oh, Jeff, well, you're, you're Eric, take it away. Yeah. Um, I think the successful launch is having two things you can do with it. You know, like within the first couple of weeks, um, the uh, you know, movies is sort of the obvious thing. And people who, you know, content generators who create movies for the product, that's a nice kind of ecosystem, but that's not enough. It needs something else. And if it's successful at having at least two things, then that gives something for content creators to do. It gives something for other people to do. It gives reasons to buy an iPhone that can produce content and, and it, it, it's it's that whole kind of ecosystem bit that's in there. So that's what I'm looking for. I want more than one thing. And, you know, something that lets the rest of the Apple products kind of produce stuff to consume on the, um, on the Vision Pro. Jeff? I, 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 go ahead. Yeah. All right. So when I look at successful launch, I am. I'm looking at the actual product launch, and uh, and if the product is successful, that's something separate from a successful launch. So three years from now, we'll we'll know if this product category is going to be successful. What we need for successful launch, I think, is first the purchase process needs to be smooth, and uh, and by that I mean. Are you ordering online? Are you doing the pre-order? You have to have an iPhone or an iPad where you can scan your head so it can get all the measurements and everything. That needs to go off without a hitch. If Apple has trouble with that that online ordering process, which starts, what, on Friday? Then the media is just going to, to shred them apart. And the the product will will hit stores in February with this dark cloud over it, where the media is saying, and, and people are believing probably that Apple couldn't even get the uh, the order process down. Why should we spend thirty five hundred dollars on on a, on a product that they can't even sell us properly? Um, so that has to go super smooth. Then the other thing is you need to have have some real developer support right away. So we we need to be seeing a bunch of apps on launch day, and we need to see a bunch of of native apps rolling out over the next few weeks. And if if we're seeing that, that to me will be a successful launch. Jim. Um, well, I have a question, and then I have some thoughts about what Je what Jeff just said too. Um, well, maybe I should start with what Jeff said. 
I, I'm not sure that um, developer buy-in right away is really that important on this device. Uh, for example, look, here we are 10 years later, and I would say developer support for the watch isn't that big of a deal. Um, most people don't do a lot uh, with apps um, on their watch, especially compared to when the thing was launched. Apple made a huge deal about apps. And I think that, you know, the story on apps now, 10 years later, it, it, it doesn't match up to the hype of 10 years ago, which, you know, that, that watch is a great device. It's a huge success. I, you know, I love it. It just turns out that apps aren't, you know, I mean, I'm glad there are apps, but even if there weren't any, I think, you know, it wouldn't change the story that much. I um, think your, your take on the Apple watch part, that's absolutely valid. And you're totally right. Apps turned out to not be that big of a thing for the watch. And, and I think the difference here is that Apple is presenting vision pro as a new computing platform as opposed to what the apple watch was which is here's a new device in the in the ios family and uh, it sure looked like they were presenting the, the watch as a new platform uh in 2014 um and you know remember that ipad apps can run on uh the the vision, vision pro yeah, mm -hmm. the vision pro so <laughs> you know there's going to be apps, not necessarily, you know, optimized, but, it, I, you know, I mean, if there's no apps two years from now, you know, that could be a problem, but it may not be because it depends on, you know, we don't really know what the use cases are. And it may be that the use cases are limited that to the extent that third party apps don't turn out to be that important. We just don't know yet. That's um, another great maybe, Apple Watch comparison right there. Because the yeah. Apple Watch, I, I think Apple very... didn't know what it was going to to be really when it when it came out, and I think yeah. you're right. Same thing with with uh, Vision Pro. And and I, and I also wonder about. I, I can't imagine that they could screw up the buying process so much that there would be a, a negative media firestorm by the time of February second. For one thing, they're not going to deliver any before February second. So, um. You know, yeah, but I mean, if, if people part, wind up, well, I mean, maybe, you know, people start getting ones and, and they don't fit their head or something like that, but we won't know that yet. That won't have, won't have happened yet. So I, 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 it's hard for me to imagine. Anyway, let me, my, my original thought that, that got me to raise my hands and it, it kind of, um, anyway, is, is, is this question? Cause I, now I heard Chuck originally say, Will uh, you know what will it take for it to be a success? Not necessarily just the launch, but just I took that to mean in general. So I my question is, is the quest a success? And I don't really know, but you know maybe we can look at that and decide if we think that's a uh, uh, success or not as as a measuring tool for where we think you know. Vision Pro has to be for it to be a success. Uh, let's see, Dave. No, I just was going to add, you know, the, the Jeff that covered a lot of the stuff as far as the experience goes. Um, the glassware, the being up for people who have glasses, got to pay an extra $149 for that. If you have readers, $99 for that. So 
that experience is going to be uh, be of interest of, of interest because you know uh, Jeff wears glasses and and, and um, many others on this panel do. So um, that that's going to be such an important experience. Um, I just saw t- today there was a number of the media th- that got to actually go to New York City today and do a demo of uh, uh, of it, including uh, the Verge and, and Gadget, and I think Wall Street Journal. Joanna Stern got to do it. And a lot of them were talking about the weight and the comfort, you know, that they were doing a single band versus a dual band. Those are the kind of things I'm thinking that, uh, like, uh, just to, just to t- uh, tap on uh, Jeff's, ex- uh, the experience of the purchase is going to be interesting. I, I still think that this, this device is going to sell out. I mean, they're going to, you know, rumors were saying there's going to be anywhere between 40 and 80,000 devices at, available at launch. And I wouldn't be at all surprised that Apple does sell out of them, only because there's just so many people of interest uh, of this device and to see where it goes. Um, they also said that the App Store has got opened up as of today. Is just to hit on Jim's comment about uh, about apps and how important they're going to be. So there are developers out there, obviously, that have developed for it, and they're 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 looking to see how that's going to go on their end. So there's a there's a lot of what ifs on this, mm-hmm. but I think uh, I think that's those are some of the key things I think that's going to make of it success, and it will be interesting to hear. When when the, the, what people's experiences are. Webb, do you have any thoughts on what this is going to be? Uh, what a success would look like? Yeah, the first question is how do you define success? Um, uh, you know, forty eighty thousand yep. units. They sell those. Is that is that going to be considered successful? Could be. Um, I, I was going back to remember the, the the original HomePod, and they had that out for a couple of years, and then they dropped it. Was that a failure? I think it was a recalibration. Uh, they uh, a couple years later they came out with the new new HomePod, uh, and they had the the minis on, on top of it. So, um, um, I, I do think that uh, they overpriced this thing um, for a reason uh, that they didn't want to get it overrun. I, I think uh, the thirty five hundred dollar price plus the the eyeglass insert, which I would I would have to get. Um, I, I think that's they're they're trying to not lessen demand, but try to control demand a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there is a lot of uh, um, speculation. I, I've heard some things. I think I read it today. It could have been yesterday um, that uh, some of the the um, uh, Disney's when they first announced it at WWDC mm-hmm. and they reiterated that that they're going to have uh, content available um, I, as an app platform i think the thing that has me most concerned about is probably battery life um that that external battery and uh uh being able to uh um how long will will the battery last uh for you know will it last through a whole two-hour movie probably i think they probably thought about that but uh the battery life has me concerned um i will go on record right now that that uh, I'm seriously thinking about getting one just because I'm an early adopter and I just want to play with it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think one of the problems that I have, and, and this will be my last comment, normally when you have something like this, you want to share it, okay? Um, I have one and Jeff wants to see it, but because of the way it's designed and the glasses and that whole bit, you can't do that. I, I think, yeah, I don't know how to get around that, but I think that could be a problem. Um, it's $3,500 customized yeah, blindfold, you know? Um, so I, I think that's interesting too, but uh, um, I, I'm, I'm thinking about getting one now. Um, 
reading about some of the content. I, I, I also want to go on record that uh, right before um, CES, I, I asked the question in the, the Slack, uh, do you think Apple's going to say anything? And uh, sure enough, they did. So I thought that was interesting, too. They they, they kind of want to get ahead of CES. So Yeah. Because, I mean, they, they 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 always steal, try to steal, and usually succeed a little bit of CES thunder <clears throat> because this is potentially going to be the hot new the hot new gadget, and it's nowhere to be seen or it's not at CES at all. I don't I don't disagree with the guy. It could also be a huge uh, fall, a, a, a huge blunder too. It's could go either way. Well, a couple, I guess there were a couple comments made here that I would like to address. Let me put the camera back to where it's supposed to be. Um, because, um, Mark Fuccio in the, in the chat room was reading ahead a little bit. And then I, I think, frankly, I'm not sure I've lost track who said it here, but I kept, I kept thinking about the home pod, you know, that the home pod was not judged as a success and yet it's still in the product line. Yes, it went away and it came back and it, when it was going away, all of a sudden it was a hot it was a hot commodity because it wasn't going to be available that was that was sort of strange to me because it it did not get the rave reviews that you know maybe some of the other devices have and yet people suddenly really wanted to make sure they had one even though it, we had no idea that it was going to be coming back and i also jeff's comments about i guess the the, the apple watch being a platform and then I got to thinking about the early days of the iPhone. You know, these were all, these were borderline brand new devices that we'd never had access to before. And I I think that everyone needs to be just a little patient and not start trying to declare, you know, boom or bust in the first six, eight, ten months. Because if this truly is a revolution in computing, spatial computing, then everybody's going to start to have to think about how to think about. It. Sort of like we did with the phone. I mean, think about the, the first iPhone apps. You know, that that's great. You know, they were one-trick ponies, and they did one thing, and they usually did it fairly well. And now we have these super, hyper-sophisticated apps that are augmented by the amazing hardware of the iPhone. It just feels like we have to give everybody – we have to give ourselves times along with the developers and Apple to see where this takes us. And, uh, I mean, the uh, iPhone uh, evolved, too. Yes. I yes. mean, the, the, uh, it didn't ship with an app store that pretty much came about after people started jailbreaking them. So it's what we think the platform is right now doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be that in the future. Well, this is also, I think, um, you know, I mean, there was the phone market was well developed before the iPhone came out. You know, people, Use phones by the by the tens of millions. Uh, watches, you know, they've been around for a hundred years. But this is something that is really, I mean, you know, there are a few headsets out there, but they're they none of, you know, they're they're not mainstream at all. So this is not, you know, like Apple coming in late and redefining some market that already existed. Um. So, yeah, I think it's going to take time. I think, you know, Apple's very patient. They've got the resources. You know, this looks like a project that they've already spent at least five years on and, and maybe eight, 
10 years. Um, so, you know, and I, billions you know, of dollars. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, I, a guy, I cannot imagine that there's any way this could not be for sale in three years. I don't care what happens. Apple will not give up that, uh, that quickly. Well, Jim, we'll you, see. Yeah. Jim, you also yeah, brought up another, will, another interesting point about you asked earlier and it just sort of hung there. Um, and that is whether the quest is a success or not. Yeah. And nobody, I, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I don't know. Does anybody here have a quest? That's what I thought. I know people that, I know people that have them, but. Okay. So if there's any, anybody in the chat room that does, um, please let us know. I, I don't know that we're qualified <clears throat> to, to make that judgment, but I don't see much in the way of talk about people using the quest outside of gaming. You know, that's, and that's. Where yeah. It's I, basically a gaming device. Right. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. experience using a quest, I, I, I have a, a friend that, that has one. It was a suboptimal experience. Um, you, there's no way to account for uh, glasses. Well, there are now third-party aftermarket uh, solutions for glasses for for a Quest, but uh, it it's uncomfortable to wear. It uh, it doesn't balance on your face very well. You have wires running everywhere. Every time you go to use the thing. We had to to recalibrate for the, for where you were in the room and where the sensors were, and uh, and you spend about ten minutes using the thing, and it's like, yeah, um, I I need aspirin for the headache, not not because of you know where the the distance the diopter distance, but because it hurts to wear, and then if you have to wear glasses under it, well, now you have the added pain of it pressing against your glasses. It was. If Apple can give people comfort wearing this, I bet there will be people that'll say, I don't care what it costs. I will pay it just to have a, a comfortable thing that I stick on my face. I, I have been woefully negligent in trying to keep up with the chat room tonight because they've been very active. And there's some great points that have gone by that I haven't. I'm sorry. I just I haven't been able to slide them into the conversation. But Kelly Gamont's in our chat room. And one thing that she said that I find a little disturbing. I find a lot of things that Kelly says disturbing. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's I used to know point. somebody named Kelly. Yes, Gamont. but would you say that if she was actually in the room? Are you kidding? I'm not stupid. <laughs> um, no, what no, he she, would do is say, Jeff said, and then say what he wanted to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but Kelly, Kelly in the chat room says, do I want the Vision Pro? Not really. The Vision Air or the Vision SE? Yes, please. What does that yeah. even mean? What does that even mean? Other than the fact that you might be a little bit put off by the price because you don't know what compromises that the Vision, if there is such a thing, is a, is a Vision, what is, what she's a Vision SE or Vision Air or whatever. You don't know what kind of compromises. You don't know how that's going to fit into the value proposition. And I do have a lot of concern about this attitude that's out there that, well, maybe I'll get the next model. I mean, I don't think there's a thing wrong with that, but but saying that they expect it to be better priced without having any idea what it is, ah, you know, I struggle with that a little bit. And I struggle with what that'll do to the Vision Pro market as we're getting into it. 
I love you, Kelly, by the way. Don't come and hurt I have me. a hypothesis on that, Chuck. <laughs> and my hypothesis is it doesn't matter. It's not you going really to have so? an impact on sales. You and the so, reason yeah. being is because uh, the people that that say, I'm I I'll wait for the next model or I'll wait for the SE or whatever, these are people that were never ever going to buy the initial product anyhow. Mm-hmm. So you're not losing sales because you're you're not it, it's not people that were going to spend money on the product to begin with. Yeah, agreed. Okay, fair point. Yeah. Plus, if Apple didn't have any intention of sh- selling lower at lower SKUs for this, they would have just called it the Vision. Okay, that's I, another. I, I, maybe, I, but you know, there's a you can buy a an iPad for $2,000. So, but they don't sell a whole ton of them, I would imagine. But. So Kelly has responded in the chat room, says to her it means that it'll be less expensive and might be lighter. She's usually an early adopter, but in this case, she can't find a use case for it. Yep. And, and Ke- Kelly, I'm, I'm with you on the use case. I think that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm hesitating. I want to go and, do one of the uh, one of the demos and find out you know what it's like and, and what the current the current capabilities are. So I, I'm I'm because listen I know plenty of people, some very notable people that you know scoffed at well I'm never going to pay that for an iPhone. Why would you pay that much for a phone? Are you insane? At three ninety nine. Yes. Oh, it it started at six hundred, which I paid. Which I did too, Jim. Yeah. But, Same. But we all can um, see the use cases. And of course, now they're way more expensive than that. And we're still buying them. Yep. Because they still deliver on the use case. that or You can case. buy a MacBook for less than you pay for an iPhone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Good point. The Mac Voices Live panel had even more thoughts on what a successful Apple Vision Pro launch looks like, not just dependent on sales numbers or adoption numbers or anything else, but also some less than specific factors. You'll hear more next time on Mac Voices. I'm Chuck Joyner. As always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.